0: Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore podcast. This is the what will be the second in our holiday podcast, or at least our December uh, podcast, but really the de- first de- one that's really kind of getting us into the holiday season. Uh, my name is Jeff, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friends Richard.
1: Hello, it's a December to remember, everybody.
0: <laughs> and Michael. Howdy. Richard and Michael they debate and deliberate the most ubiquitous aspects of many topics and this time around they are debating the Mount Rushmore of weird things about Christmas but we have a weird Christmas uh, aficionado if not expert uh, to debate them on and this is Craig Brewer of the weird Christmas podcast how are you sir
2: I am great how are you guys
0: oh very very good Uh, Craig I uh, discovered your podcast last holiday season, and uh, I've I've always been a fan of the holiday and always thought it was a, kind of sensed it to be a mishmash of bizarre things that didn't necessarily go together, that were coming together in a kind of a fun and weird way, Um, but you, and I'm right, so, (laughs) well, tell me more about uh, what is, why is Christmas weird?
2: Uh, for the reasons you just said, it's a mishmash of all kinds of things. And anybody who tells you that they're going to get back to the heart of it doesn't know what they're talking about because there is no heart of it. There's just a whole bunch of things that over mainly 2000 years, but actually a thousand years before that, things just started to accrue to all kinds of winter celebrations. And uh-huh. Yeah, it's all a big mess. I mean, all the things that just about anyone in any culture thinks is very traditional for Christmas is actually something that probably got mistranslated from some other, you know, part of the world or other country or something and became Mm -hmm. normal. So what's, I mean, I got all into the history and what's fun about the history is that none of the traditions are traditional. Uh (laughs) So everything Uh has sort of a fun story of how it Uh got to be there. And that's, that's what I'm into.
0: Well, uh aficionados of uh christmas who kind of want their mind blown and maybe uh i think it's like mark twain about said about travel you um uh after you travel you are uh more wise but less happy like you you see yeah. <laughs> you see things about the world that might be a little bit uh, challenging and hard to reconcile with the world that you thought existed but uh you're wiser for it um yeah. those those people who visit the um weird christmas uh website um, or the podcast, can experience um, recent episodes. December 4th, uh, he dropped uh, Weird Christmas Food with Glenn Warren of Seasons Eating's mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. What are some other recent episodes?
2: Uh, we did a whole one on, uh, there's a book that came about a year ago that's probably, to my mind, the best history of Santa Claus, because he tries to trace everything about, not just Santa, but every gift-giving figure in the world mainly the western world but but um a lot of people will tell you the simple story about like oh yeah there used to be this saint nicholas guy and then over time he just kind of got secularized um and that's how we have santa now and that story is just wrong and so he is the only one who's actually taken the time to go back and do serious academic uh what some people are going to find tedious but really you know Thoroughly footnoted and documented research on literally everything that we can say with any confidence about the history of Santa Claus for the last two to three thousand years. Wow. And it's great. It's an amazing book. I mean, it's not I even say in the show, it, this is not a coffee table Santa book with lots of cute pictures. I mean, this is something where he's going to you know, spend a few pages of footnotes sort of laying out the documents of, of, where things go, but it's nice too, cause he's collected everything that I think we can know right now. And it's just this amazing project. And he did it just cause he had a collection of Santa figurines and wanted to write a book about how to be a collector decided he'd write the first chapter on the history of Santa Claus realized he had about 200 pages and was like, okay, I guess this is a, a wow. book of its own. Um, huh. So it, but anyway just fascinating guy so we did that had a whole show on Krampus that came out on Halloween with the guy who wrote the the definitive book on Krampus named Al Ridenauer um his book on Krampus is just a beautiful thing like he's actually traveled he traveled to Germany took pictures of all kinds of Krampus runs and the costumes and all kinds of things but it's just again a really huge history of the project and that was fun. So those are the couple couple of the recent ones.
0: Well that's that's yeah. a lot of fun. Um uh Christmas at the Natural History Museum, uh and um Mumblecore Christmas with Stephanie Davis. <laughs> Sound like really yeah
2: so, so. Yeah, I do I try to find odd bits of Christmas media every year. Um, I've ever since I've gotten into this, I've gotten deep into the world of people who love Christmas music and spend their lives hunting for the, some of the strangest stuff. And there's a whole world of people who make annual Christmas mixes. And it's all about trying to find the strangest, uh, most unusual tracks that nobody yeah. else can find and sharing those every year. And it's, it's fun. I mean, honestly, one of the things I really like about this is that I, Personally, I just really enjoy getting into something where you can dive down that rabbit hole and just keep going. And so many people who are into Christmas stuff have like one really narrow little slice that they just fully commit themselves to. Like I know one guy who does nothing but collect Hawaiian Christmas music. Mm. like he he's not from hawaii yeah. <laughs> he has no connection to it but that's just what he decides he likes and he's got you know thousands of albums and old 45s that had like 50 presses and mm-hmm. he'll find them and collect them and that kind of personality just always fascinated me
0: well i have to admit i think i discovered your podcast through the fa la la la, la uh website yeah. or blog yeah. uh, of, of holiday um, music i also um I think I was sitting at the uh, Enchanted Tiki Room attraction at Disneyland Resort Mm -hmm. and looking around and observing that uh, Polynesian pop culture is a combination of uh, it's kind of a mishmash and mix up of uh, multiple belief systems, tokens Mm -hmm. from those belief systems, such as Tiki or um, uh, totems and things like that. And then uh, a celebration, imbibing in beverages and food, and and um, it it's a big goofy mix up of mm-hmm. all of this different stuff that sometimes it, and it works for a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. they're very entertained by it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I okay, uh, Richard and Michael, you're both okay. Richard now is unmuted, but Michael is muted. Okay, cool. You're both unmuted. Okay. Okay. So, uh awesome. Let's jump right into it. I appreciate you being here and we're going to plug your uh podcast and the site people going to find more information about you throughout the show. But uh the topic is weird things about Christmas and uh our guest is usually the person who goes first and we'll keep to that tradition as we hear about other crazy traditions. Uh so give us your first choice, Craig Brewer of the weird christmas podcast
2: all right well first of all i should say you know trying to find the the mount rushmore of weird things it's a little weird because you're like okay the most popular weird things or are we going for like the full-on strangest odd things i could come up with so um so i went for more of the stranger things that people may not be aware of so we'll start with uh, christmas mushrooms
1: whoa okay i think Um, i've done those before yeah (laughs) Yeah.
2: well honestly (laughs) you may have um so there's a theory this actually got really popular probably because of joe rogan and his site he had talked about this a while back but there's actually been a theory for a long time that a lot of the santa claus imagery comes from a siberian mushroom cult basically that there are the shaman in, and this is all true. This every the part I'm going to tell you all about is real true. So it's there's a shaman culture that dresses in red coats with often white fur and things like that. And uh, what they do, everything ever during the winter is they go out and these collect these mushrooms that are called Amanita muscaria. And you've probably seen them before. They're little red mushrooms with white dots. A lot of the times, especially in Europe, it's a really common. Uh, Christmas and New Year decoration, these little mushrooms. And you'll see them in like fairy tales and gnomes and stuff like that. It's kind of the iconic little mushroom. Anyway, they're hallucinogenic. And the shaman, of course, would eat them um, and they would go on magic trips. So, okay, so that's part of the thing that started getting people thinking about this. Well, there's other connections to it. This is also a place where reindeer are the main pack animal, And the reindeer will wander around and they devour the mushrooms. It's common food for them. And most of those mushrooms mushrooms grow underneath evergreen trees. Like there's a little symbiotic relationship. So most of them are going to grow either in or on the tree, kind of like little presents. Um, And the shaman will actually sometimes because of the reindeer, what they'll do is they'll collect the yellow snow because when it passes through the reindeer, a lot of the toxins that make you nauseous and whatnot, that they're cleaned out. And so they'll just eat the yellow snow and you get the straight hallucinogen. Um, And then on top of that, a lot of times, sometimes since this happens in winter, they're living in yurts and whatnot that are are surrounded by snow and they have to climb down through the opening in the top of the yurt pretty much like coming down the chimney and then they come in and do their little uh, the, the ceremony or whatever it is. Okay. So all of that is actually true, but what's happened now is of course tons of people have latched onto that and been like, wow, there's so many things about that that's connected to Santa Claus that has to be part of the reason why all the Santa imagery is like it is. That would explain the reindeer that would explain you know, why you have presents underneath a tree. Santa Claus is wearing basically the same kind of costumes that they wear. And there are pictures on the internet uh, that, that actual, um, um, people have gone and, and taken pictures of these folk and they are, they're red and white big coats and whatnot. But yeah, so there's a whole, whole sort of subculture of people trying to make this connection. And actually a lot of, I mean, tenured archaeologists and, um, um, uh, and, and other scholars have tried to actually trace this connection to say that maybe some of that stuff got filtered through Northern European icons and is why maybe why the mushrooms are still a posh, popular uh, in, uh, popular symbol of luck and of, of the new year in Europe and maybe part of why Santa Claus looks like he is that maybe what's happening every month or every year is where slightly replaying a shamanic celebration
0: wow <laughs> holy bananas that is yeah.
2: something trippy i've and, never and heard anything about that that's not just me like i said joe rogan got a hold of that and after he did oh. that some like 10 years ago it you can find all kinds of, of stuff yeah i've got a little video on on youtube of it you can just search for for mm-hmm. it's on my on my website too uh, just because that's such good clickbait stuff you know i had to oh yeah make one by myself so yeah yeah. so yeah so that one that's one that's out there that is pretty cool i i think there's a lot of
0: uh trippy psychedelic stuff about christmas when you think about it there's a lot of as with any kind of fairy tales and holiday things there's a lot of uh or or things that are related to uh um religion whether it be christianity or pagan or whatever Mm -hmm. there's so much faith and magic that's involved in it and that that uh Things like magical pixie dust uh, (laughs) uh, exist uh, certainly in places like Disneyland and things like magical uh, hallucinogenic mushrooms (laughs) don't seem like they're too far from that.
2: Oh, yeah. And especially for anyone who wants to get back to, you know, oh, we're going to do the pagan roots of Christmas. I mean, that's obviously a fun way to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Super popular theory. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's uh you know not I guess too far from you know going to visit your relatives uh and getting baked with your cousins outside. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. All right, uh, Richard and Michael, I don't know if you can top uh, mushrooms, but
1: uh, go for it. Yeah, I think we're pretty screwed already. <laughs> yeah, I,
3: it's, I'm not sure. I, I'll I'll be the lamb to the slaughter, and I'll I'll go first for us if you don't mind, Richard. Go for it. Um, but this is something that kind of Craig um brought up. Just a few minutes ago with Christmas music. And, um, for one, uh, Richard, I'll give him and his wife credit for many years. Uh, they made the exact type of, um, like mixed CD Christmas album, uh, that you mentioned. Um, oh, cool. just really? totally full of just wonderful, um, Christmas songs. Um, some stuff was very classic and some stuff is very, um, new and also weird um but what i found one of the weirdest things um at christmas is like new pop artists or rock artists making like new christmas songs or like re-recording old christmas songs and i i find it so just wonderful and strange and weird that there is just this industry that is they're just still putting them out that they, they still come out every every year there's some you know there are new people making you know very serious artists also going in and just like you know um lcd sound system comes out with a new uh, christmas song <laughs> or like uh bright eyes has a christmas song or uh you know spy even spinal tap who are you know silly and whatever from the 80s with christmas with the devil and just like the wonderful collection of just christmas music from i mean spinal tap notwithstanding from like serious artists i think is so strange and Obviously, it harkens back to you know uh, songs coming out from you know like uh, uh, Bing Crosby back in the day when they're and um, you know even like Elvis with his Christmas songs and it, it's just a, such a wonderful, um, strange tradition that I you know uh, I just I'm just always delighted by it. My it's... favorite, my favorite,
1: by the way, is the the Killers who had a Stretch from like 2000, I don't know, 10 to 2000, or 2006 to like 2016, when they put out a different Christmas song every year, and they totally committed to the song because they're the killers and there's no irony involved in them as a band. They just totally buy into whatever they're they're selling that year. Um, and and actually I should point out that the uh they have re, they have now packaged all of those Christmas singles. Um, into an album that's just this year is now available on streaming services. So if you want to hear some killers doing a bunch of weird Christmas songs, originals, do it. Listen
0: Michael, to it. is it the is what is weird about it to you? Because I, I can imagine if you're a band called The Killers, or if you are uh, the Sex Pistols, or you're even like The Boss, you know, and you release the posture of pop music and rock doesn't seem to have room in it for the childlike wonder of christmas is that what's bizarre I, about it or 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 yeah. is it as bizarre as if like if these guys all of a sudden put out an easter record everybody'd be like what the hell <laughs> what, I,
3: arbor, <laughs> day, that, what the arbor day what the arbor day i think that there is like a self-seriousness of um rock musicians that doesn't necessarily lay into what Christmas is, which is, you know, or what Christmas is often uh, kind of presented at, which is like either a a very joyous thing or a very, um, uh, solemn thing. Um, but obviously there's Christmas has, there's so much room under the, um, you know, under the proverbial Christmas tree for all this sort of stuff. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's when a serious out, you know, band puts out something that is just like, um, I don't know, just r- r- ridiculous mm-hmm. and uh, Christmassy.
0: One of the things that I have uh, – why I've learned from uh, Craig's uh, podcast um, and my uh, – I read up a book called The Battle for Christmas uh, a few years ago. And mm-hmm. uh, there are things that – Christmas there, – there are things that are part of the experience that we uh, relate to the tradition of Christmas that weren't there five years ago, <laughs> that weren't there – 30 years ago that uh, and there are some songs the it's almost like the audacity that somebody has as a as a performing artist to create a piece of uh, music that enters into the canon and pantheon or i guess it's not a pantheon but it's the, the the identity of the tradition of christmas it almost seems like so audacious but i forget that you know like um uh, frosty the snowman didn't exist <laughs> You know, all always or yeah. Rudolph the Ru- nose reindeer
2: didn't exist all yeah Ru- and Rudolph was put out by a department store. Was I mean, it Montgomery, was, Words, Montgomery, Montgomery I think, Wards? Montgomery yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. So so funny. It does but, seem like audacious, like here's this thing that is Jesus adjacent that uh that somebody could just pick up a piano and right
2: oh yeah i mean uh, people joke about mariah carey's song every year but that thing is now immortal right i mean that mm-hmm. that one mariah carey song is never going away she
1: and, she she now has an apple tv christmas special that is coming out this year yeah. which i just learned about wow yeah
2: oh yeah and it's the fact that she could actually pull it off i mean like part of the reason you see so many people do that is the hope that maybe they can do that. Because of course, if you happen to be one of the final, one of the rare few who actually land something that does that, I mean, you're set. I mean, she could never do anything else again for the rest of her life. And that one song, despite residuals for anything else, she, you know, still be one of the richest musical artists out there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's one thing that leads so many people to either try themselves or be forced to try, or I've even heard of people <laughs> having that written into their contract that, you know, once you start to get with a major label, especially if you're going to be one of the the big top 40 types, there's going to be a Christmas song written into your contract somewhere. Um, You know, just on, again, just sort of on the lottery of the off chance that maybe we do this because it's something that you make and it can get played year after year. It's not dependent on your current album or your current tour. Oh, it's fascinating.
0: Yeah, which you
1: know, is which is awkward. If you're Jewish.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was going to mention
1: the Neil Diamond or the Barbara Streisands yeah.
2: of, of the entertainment world. Right. Now, uh,
0: some of the, what, best,
2: some of the ones that you know are like a lot of like white Christmas and a bunch of those were, were written or co-written you know, by oh, Jewish yeah. artists too. Yeah. Or is For it
0: sure. uh Berlin? Is mm-hmm. White Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the fascinating aspects of um, well, we can dig into uh, this stuff later. But uh, I, Richard, and I, it seems like we bring up Elvis Presley and uh, Colonel Tom Parker <laughs> whenever he fits into any category. And right. I think Elvis was forced to cut a Christmas song while doing his comeback special. He was trying to get away from the corny, corny stuff, and uh, the Colonel made him <laughs> do a Christmas song <laughs> just because it's he's just printing money.
2: Okay, dudes. I will Uh, say, just on that, I have to give one of my friends a plug. There's um, a friend of mine, Jim, runs a site called Christmas Underground. And what he actually looks for are people who are sort of in that situation, but who actually manage to write really sincere new Christmas songs. Like, not just to do a cover, but his whole thing is actually tracking down... Actual Christmas music that you would really want to listen to, yeah, and I mean he 's to the point where he trolls bandcamp and soundcloud and and all these things, and finds things that maybe you 'd never they might not get any other exposure if he hadn 't been looking for them, but he finds some of these like amazing pieces of music that i mean run the gamut from like protest songs to emo stuff to little folk pieces to full on you know, whatever, but, but it's just amazing the number of people who actually are out there trying to make Christmas songs that aren't schlock at mm-hmm. all. And that's wonderful. And yeah, he's, he's found things that just blow my mind, uh, just because it's good Christmas music. <laughs> you well, that's really cool. Don't expect it.
0: So. Well, you know, I, I want to keep going with the picks, but, um, obviously when we talk about let's say, a concept uh, as big as the American democracy or the idea of America. People have these assumptions, uh, and they use them, they build entire careers and uh, belief systems off of these assumptions of what America is and what what who an American is and what Americans should be doing at any given time. And they're so often completely historically inaccurate. <laughs> they're, they're not just ideologically wrong or not or ideologically isolated to a certain spectrum of of the population, but they're historically inaccurate to what this country was founded on and the 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 deviant practices that even created this country. So uh also Christmas as a concept, uh you know, you could write a song about it seems like one of one of the reasons maybe for the uh, timeless endurance of the Charlie Brown Christmas special is that it's some of the music there and tapped into the meliase and melancholy of the season mm-hmm. and the sadness and the, the loneliness and isolation that people feel this time of year. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, you're right. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. All right, uh, Craig, what is your next choice for the Mount Rushmore of Weird Things About Christmas?
2: All right. Um, I will go to what, what is actually probably the most traditional thing that I do, but it's Christmas postcards, Christmas cards. Oh, cool. um, and so actually on social media, the thing that got me actually started in this whole thing was I got interested in old Victorian Christmas cards because they just printed thousands and thousands and thousands of these different things. But the demand for them was so high that they would just print anything and slap merry christmas on it basically <laughs> um and and i i truly mean anything um so the whole and that was when what happened the quick little history here so so the penny post in england started it was the first time that you could mail something for just a penny and it was super cheap and a couple people realized hey if we just make these little cards People can send them to each other, especially Christmas was kind of getting popular again. And they're like, this is a great way to do stuff. Postcards were already popular because, I mean, this was before Instagram. So the way that you kind of get eye candy, cheap eye candy, was often through postcards. And so people wouldn't throw their postcards away. They'd actually keep whole books of all the postcards they got. So Christmas postcards became like a hugely popular thing. um, Because it was just, it was a good time, a good excuse just to start to send everybody you know, a note or or a card or something. Um, so anyway, they made a tons of these things. And a few years ago, I found this book called Christmas curiosities by a historian who collects what's called ephemera, which basically means any, any paper stuff that's meant to be thrown away like tickets or bookmarks or postcards or brochures or whatever. But in the course of all of his collections, he had found these amazingly strange Victorian Christmas cards that, At that time, you know, it was still before they had solidified what Christmas imagery was supposed to be like. Like, it didn't have to have Santa Claus on it. And, and, you know, there was no sort of limited set of Christmas imagery. So a ton of these postcards would be about just totally surreal things. Like, for example, the, the one I share every year that is shared more than anywhere else, I call it Frog Murder Christmas. But what it is, is it's one frog running away from another frog he's act- obviously just stabbed and these are these are like realistic looking frogs <laughs> by the way these are not cartoons these are realistic looking frogs as if one has just killed another one and run away with his money and he's taken off and underneath it it just says a merry christmas to you <laughs> and that's it that's the card um so and i of course at first i'm like flipping through this guy's book and i'm like these things can't be real But you look into it, and yeah, they totally are. So there's this whole world of insane postcards. And what I started doing was I just made copies of everything in that book, and then I started collecting some on my own because, honestly, it's not that hard to find. You go sort of look in the back corners of a local antique store, and you're going to find a box of postcards, and you can find some weird ones in there. So I started collecting these things and found other collectors and then just started looking online. And now I've got a collection of thousands of the strangest, most surreal images and all year long, well, especially during the season, I share a whole bunch every day on social media. Um, and it's sort of because that was popular enough. One day I decided, hey, why don't I try a podcast thing? Because the website I was making had a blank space for a podcast. And I'm like, why not? <laughs> and that was pretty much it. But, but it was the cards that got me into it. So surreal Victorian postcards are sort of my the thing that's still what I love about this. Because I just love the idea that people were very sincerely sending cards that would have, say, uh, Santa Claus getting rolled up into a snowball. Or another one that a lot of people seem to like this year. There's one where a cop has fallen in the ice on some thin ice and instead of helping him two little kids come up and start throwing snowballs at him. And all it says is, you know, Merry Christmas and that's it. But, but there's like thousands and thousands of these things and they were incredibly common. Wow. And so the surreal Victorian postcards uh, are the origin of everybody sort of having to do that horrible ritual of filling out, you know, all the the postcards this year, Mm. but they used to be a whole lot more fun. Mhm.
0: Wow, that's a lot of fun. Uh do you find certain genres? Are there certain genres of them? Or are there some... some oh, yeah. That, yeah, okay.
2: Oh, yeah, there's there's all kinds. I mean, like, and they were done in series, too, which was kind of fun. Like, there would be... So the idea behind the series would be, like, you know, hopefully you'd have enough friends who would send it to you so you'd, you could get a whole story, you know? Mm-hmm. It'd be, like, maybe eight postcards, and if you get all of them, then they tell you a story. And that's a fun way to get them to, to sell more and other people to buy more and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I've done whole... Uh, yeah. And some of the, some of the themes that show up are very strange. Like for Thanksgiving, there's all these things of like little kids riding turkeys, just, which is a little odd. Um, there are candle people where they're on fire, but they seem just, just fine. Um, mm-hmm. there's pine cone people. There's the, 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 the other one that is absolutely strange, um, are dead bird cards. And I mean literally this like, there will literally be a picture of a dead robin. And underneath it, it says, Merry Christmas. And <laughs> there's all this discussion on the internet about why this was actually a theme. Cause it's not just a one off theme. Like, I've, I, I have, that's my, my one thing right now is to find as many of these as I can. And I've got, I think I wrote them right now. I've got 11 of them um, from different publishers. It's not like one series, but these things were from different publishers, different birds. But it's literally, And it's not like I'm interpreting it as dead. I mean, it is obviously dead. Um, And there's no other caption on it than Happy New Year or compliments Mm -hmm. of the season. Um, And there's all kinds of theories of why this was. But yeah, dead birds.
1: Merry Christmas. I I think that there is an element of, in the Victorian era, that was really the first era of mass production. Mm -hmm. But they didn't quite know how, like, what to do with mass production. Like they hadn't sorted out commerce yet. Mm -hmm. So they're just throwing literally everything at a wall to see what's. Oh, yeah. And if it's dead birds, hey, maybe people love dead birds. Let's try it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And some of them are obviously done. Like there are versions of them that obviously have a blank space and they'll print different messages on it like like i've got copies of one that say merry christmas but then it'll say happy birthday and you know happy valentine's day or whatever um and other times where there are cards that just have literally nothing to do with christmas and they'll find some place um like my favorite ones are just like random animals or something and they'll just find a place on a piece of wood somewhere to to very inexpertly sort of write in compliments of the season or, or Merry Christmas or whatever. So obviously what they were doing was just taking any image that they had and they knew they'd sell at Christmas and just turning it into a Christmas card just by throwing it out there. So, you know, it makes for a good joke now of, you know, what does this have to do with Christmas? And even to them, it it didn't have anything to do with Christmas. And for them at the time, just getting the images, Was fun. Cause I mean, it was literally, you know, a good way to distract yourself was to go grab your collection of a few Mm -hmm. hundred, maybe a thousand postcards and flip through them again. That's, that's your eye candy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, I, the postcard element, uh, it not being necessarily a, uh, what I think of as a greeting card format, the, I guess it would be four sides Mm -hmm. at minimum and in an envelope. Um, it does seem like it is a very reductive format that's almost akin to like a meme now if you're scrolling through yeah you, you know reddit or imgur yeah, or yeah. The, the, you know any social media and and i can imagine uh when viewed a hundred years from now how many of these memes is are anyone
1: going to understand <laughs>
0: what is what do they mean yeah they've they've become absent from their uh, original inspiration so.
1: i've got yeah. a 13 year old and i don't understand most of the memes yeah. that are happening today so <laughs> yeah.
0: oh god okay well that's really fascinating uh richard and michael uh what do you
1: got um hey jeff yes sir happy saint nicholas day what what yeah, that is it is Today. Saint Ni- it is it is Saint Nicholas day in the Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg and the Flanders region of France. Oh dear, I did not
0: know that. Yeah. Cool. The
1: 6th is Nicholas's Saint day. Yep. Yeah, it is. Yep. And I bring this up because our second choice is the uh patron saint or the the figure behind uh, Saint Nicholas day, Sinterklaas. Okay. And I don't know if you're familiar with Santa at all. I assume Craig I, has probably heard heard the story <laughs> before. I, I just mm-hmm. know that name, or that
0: word from the Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street when uh, the Santa's speaking to the Dutch girl. Yes, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Okay, okay. Um, and it is a really weird kind of. I don't want to say perversion on the on on the Santa Claus, on the Saint Nicholas story, but it's kind of weird. Oh, okay. Um, St. Nicholas was, um, the Sinterklaas is actually based on St. Nicholas, who was a a bishop of Turkey. Um, In the Netherlands and Belgium, these other regions, um, they celebrate Sinterklaas as someone who dresses up in very bishop-like outfit. I don't know that he's necessarily referred to as a bishop, but it's very bishop-esque. And he comes every year. To the Netherlands, for example, by boat. Um, a few days before Saint Nicholas Day, from Spain, and it's a little unclear exactly why Spain. Uh, there's a few a few kind of uh, uh, sort of academic arguments about why why Spain. And his job is to give presents to the good go- girls and boys. So far, totally normal. This is a complete, you know, you know, this is far far within the realm of the Saint Nicholas stories. Uh the issue is that his um, helper is not an elf, but it's a uh person named Zorte Pete, which translates to Black Pete, who is and I'm quoting from Wikipedia here because of course I would be who is a helper dressed in Moorish attire and blackface. And if you, if you get a chance to see a photo of it, it is basically Othello in blackface. That's wow. what this is. And he is his helper. And traditionally he would carry a uh, birch rod and he would use that to spank children who had been naughty. Mm-hmm. And in older center class songs, uh, they would even tell of uh, Black Pete sweeping up naughty children in their in his bag and taking them back to Spain. Wow, that's it's a intense. Li- it's it's a it's a it's a little hardcore. Mm-hmm.
2: Being now if, if if that's versus
1: a... versus being given like a lump of coal.
2: Right. By the way, if the if the the guy in blackface is disturbing enough as it is. Imagine entire parades of white Dutch people all in blackface wandering oh, yeah. through the town. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Pete is um, an ongoing controversy.
1: Yes. Yes, it's something with within, <laughs> within nope. the last within Just to the put last it mildly. Yeah. yeah, within the last decade there's been a lot of conversation about Zorte Piet whether or not he whether or not this is something that is racist or not. Uh there was a survey in 2008 where about 80 to 88% of the Dutch public did not perceive him as racist, but there have been movements in the media to, to sort of show him as a basically is a white person with some soot on his face because he's climbing through chimneys to get two kids to help give out the presents. Mm. I wonder if
0: there's any statues that will be torn down. <laughs> 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 you know, I, I whenever I, something seems bizarre, I try to kind of find um, a parallel that doesn't seem so bizarre for me. And, and uh, like you said, the lump of coal or my mom would often... In, you know late november early december leverage a fake call to santa claus to get us to to get in line so there was definitely uh uh you know our home there was corporal punishment in our home <laughs> via spankings, and there was definitely the uh the threat of removal of christmas in the uh uh if we did not behave so is is that kind of what
1: that is i think so yeah. i think there is an element of of good cop bad cop happening here mm-hmm um the The children will leave their shoes out for Sinterklaas yeah, and if they 're good, he will leave candy in their shoes, yeah, and if they 're bad there 's a chance they may get kidnapped and shanghaied up to, <laughs> to Spain. Wow, I do wonder which
0: you know i i 'm not a uh, theology knowledgeable at all, but the idea of uh the invention of the devil and the invention of and the rise of uh, so it almost seems like w- anytime somebody wants to uh, get behind the concept of a deity somebody down the road always throws a bad guy in there
1: throws <laughs> so bad. do you think they both came out about at the same time yeah, yeah it's all it's all part of part and parcel of the same same kind of concept yeah and and, um, and as craig as craig said i mean they they broadcast the arrival of claus and uh black pete every year on uh dutch television Mm -hmm. he usually arrives at a port usually it's a different port every year in the netherlands and it's a it's basically like they're from what i can gather their macy's thanksgiving day parade Mm -hmm.
2: yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say it's like their big deal like how you know santa shows up at the end of the macy's parade and you're like all right now it's christmas season or whatever it's it's kind of like that yeah Yeah, and Pete is part of this long tradition. In Europe, um, St. Nicholas always had, um, they'll call him an evil helper or sort of a punisher figure. Krampus is like that. Um, Germany had a guy named Kinect Ruprecht. Um, In the US, we have Santa, and Santa will either write, like he'll judge you naughty or nice, right? Like he'll, you either get presents or you get coal. In Europe, it was more, is St. Nick gonna talk to you or is the bad guy gonna talk to you? And that was kind of the thing, because partly since you had a saint, like Nicholas was a saint, then the saint wasn't supposed to be doing mean things to you. Right. It's you literally have the good cop and the bad cop. And so it's like, which one's going to pay more attention to me, uh, the good guy or the bad guy? And and sort of Pete is one version of that that came, although over time, he's he's just kind of in their legends, he's rarely is he the threatening guy anymore i mean i think i think especially once people kind of got wind of oh we're just saying there's this little moorish kid here he's not really a monster you know we probably shouldn't just have the black guy be the bad guy and um so they so now sort of pete is like his helper like he's the one who'll climb down the chimney and and give leave the gifts and he he does the work um you know and and that's so some defenders will say yeah he's black not not because he's a moor not because he's from africa but because he's all sooty um you know Mm, which doesn't fly but and it's also not right because in all the in all the histories and in the books that kind of made him famous no he's totally his his servant and in some cases his slave so um yeah it's it's a mess and and in it's kind (laughs) of funny In, in the netherlands in the netherlands now they um the big cities will not, they really play down Pete and they'll do things like they. for a while they tried like, well, it, there's purple Pete and green Pete. And it's, it was all about like, you know, let's just have him be some other color. Um, and then I think now like in Amsterdam, the now the official guy is gonna definitely be a white guy who just has some smudges on his face. Like he's just dirty. So they're, they're very aware of it. But then the far right version, uh, the far right political uh, folk definitely want him to be the old traditional thing and it's funny i've written um my one of my wife's best friends is is dutch and so we we've, we've spent some time over there and and i've gotten a lot of good smart pete you know um stuff <laughs> just fun things because you can find them everywhere um but i've written some pieces about him and every year i have to delete I don't know how many comments of just angry people who are like don't talk about things you have no idea about oh, no. you know and it's it's all that kind of thing so so yeah it's definitely part of the culture war that's going on
1: in the that's, Netherlands that's right not now. great yeah um but the one thing this is sort of tangential but in doing the research about uh Sinterklaas um I I didn't know a lot about the Saint Nicholas tradition going way back And I didn't realize that part of the reason that chocolate coins are given out, or coins are given out in general, is that Saint Nicholas apparently had thrown coins into the windows of three child prostitutes, Mm -hmm. so that they could pay off their dowry and no longer have to be prostitutes. Yep, that is wild to me. Yeah.
2: So if you're getting back to like actual Saint Nicholas, who is a, a a real I mean, on the rolls of the, the ancient the medieval Catholic Church, Saint his one of the first miracles supposedly he did and by the way, he's a Turkish guy. So the original Saint Nicholas was supposed to be from Turka, from the city of Myrna in in Turkey. But yeah, the first sort of big legend about him was that there was a man who had three daughters and he was so poor he was basically gonna have to sell them into prostitution. And for each of three nights, Santa Claus or St. Nicholas would throw a bag of gold in to the guy's door um, in order to keep one daughter out. And then finally he ended up, you know, paying basically the dowry of what the, the girl was worth or something like that. And, and he would throw the dowry and so three nights so that the girls didn't have to to go into into prostitution. And that's one of the first, you know, great deeds of, of St. Nicholas.
1: Merry Christmas, everybody! Exactly, yeah. So. <laughs> yep. And there's more.
2: Actually, there's a better one. I don't know if you guys were going to talk about. It. There's a better uh, story about the pickle barrels. Or were you no. guys? Gonna... No, oh, please, okay. please. So, so this is my favorite one about Saint Nicholas. Was that supposedly he was traveling at one point, and um, there was a, a an evil innkeeper, and the innkeeper had. Um, shoot, I forget the reason. There was a bunch of reasons depending on the story, but he had um, basically chopped up some some boys who wouldn't leave him alone or who bothered him or stole from him or something. And I think it was three different boys. And he just threw their remains in a pickle barrel. And St. Nicholas stopped at this inn and knew something was wrong. And and the guy was trying to cheat him and overprice, overcharge him or something like that. And so the miracle, though, that St. Nicholas did was he went over to the pickle barrels and he uh, made the pickle made the boys come back to life out of the pickle barrels. so sometimes saint nicholas is is connected to either pickle imagery or whatever but it's it's the reason he became santa claus too was because he saved children in that legend and in the the legend of the three daughters who were going to have to become uh prostitutes was so so little boys and girls you know he found they were in bad straits and did something to help him out but no I love the idea that he he somehow magically put put little dismembered little boys back together um, and the other odd thing about that is that the first follower of Saint Nicholas who um, had to go around and do with him was actually apparently that innkeeper who had said his punishment for that was he would have to go with Saint Nicholas from now on um, but he was going to be the bad guy. He he was going to be the one who had to punish the bad children. So Nicholas did the good things. And this guy who, you know, naturally chopped up little boys and threw them in pickle barrels was the one who would spank you if you were bad. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So Saint History, Saint <laughs> History is very odd. All
0: of this has, uh, <laughs> almost feels like a... Um, Michael, if this was a comic book, would this be Image Comics? Would this be uh, Todd or McFarland's,
1: like Dark Horse's? Dark,
0: Dark Horse. Horse. <laughs> I'm, oh,
3: I'm pretty man. sure. I'm pretty sure this is some god awful Rob Liefeld creation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know this. This guy doesn't have uh, feet, but he has spikes, and he has pouches to co- <laughs> to hold all of his um weapons, and uh, uh let's throw in a bionic arm as well. <laughs> eh, you know what? Three three bionic arms three because. Bars. why not because why not well some of the description i want to get to
0: our halftime and move on because it's just i just love this topic and i love uh hearing you guys share about it um the idea of uh christmas and who gets to enjoy it to the to the fullest what i love is that like halloween it seems like it's it's been okay in the last 50 years for adults to really just go hog wild and be crazy at halloween and christmas it's kind of not just for kids anymore Feels like um and but it does seem like the holiday had its origins before the idea of childhood was actually a if 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 not a concept um you know then these you know that there was a time in which young people should not be doing heavy labor and uh, mm-hmm. we're not just just small versions of uh, adults um because it obviously if uh if saint nicholas has to risk, rescue them from prostitution Then, unfortunately uh good <laughs> okay well hey why don't we get into our halftime and this is the time where um i implore you the listener to go to uh the place that you find podcasts where you found this podcast and download, rate, and review past episodes of the Mount Rushmore podcast. You can also get into the conversation about future topics by going to our social media handles, which include Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So search for Mount Rushmore podcast and you'll find us. You'll, you'll find some other schmucks that made a Mount Rushmore podcast too, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they've been hiring big shot comedians, I think, to be on there.
1: You know where you won't find us is Parlayer.
0: But yeah parlor uh Parler, look for us uh,
1: don't find us yeah don't find we're us. we're not there
0: <laughs> but you could also have a great time by going to the uh weird christmas website and following up on uh all of the things you can uh do and see and enjoy there and uh uh craig is going to tell you more about that
2: yeah so weirdchristmas.com is sort of the hub um, but the the podcast is any any podcast app you like you can hear that I only put them out during the holidays so around you know October ish through mid-january I still subscribe to the idea that I don't like Christmas to end on Christmas day so I keep it going through epiphany which is technically like early January but I usually because i'm lazy and haven't edited everything i put them out still mid-january but there's not a there's not an overwhelming amount because i only do it like i don't do it year-round so there's plenty of podcasts there but then if you're interested in those uh postcards that i put out i've started doing everything from halloween up through valentine's day uh i hunt down the strangest old vintage postcards i can and sort of queue them up to go all the time on social media and you can pick your poison there um twitter tumblr facebook um instagram i do instagram's irritating because you have to like manually upload things like i haven't found a good like automatic way to to do stuff and when you're posting hundreds of cards instagram's kind of irritating but i'm on there but yeah twitter twitter and tumblr and facebook um i like right now i think it's set to do 15 cards scattered throughout the day and i try to find the strangest ones that i can and uh it's a lot of fun a lot of people commenting on them and trying to figure out where they came from or what they might mean originally um yeah but that in the podcast that's that's what i'm doing well, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, one, I, one thing, if you don't mind me saying, when the my favorite thing out of all of this that I've started doing was I decided to, two years ago, on a whim, I thought to myself, it'd be really cool if I could go out and find a whole bunch of strange, weird Christmas short stories to have, and then I decided, or I figured out, it'd be a lot easier if I just had other people wrote them, write them for me. And a great way to do that would be to start a little contest. So for a few years now, I've done a flash fiction contest where people write just weird Christmas stories. And it's actually amazing the the amount of stuff that people write. I mean, I get hundreds of, of entries every year and I read about it or I don't read them. I have all authors and other people read them every year uh for a one episode that usually comes out right around christmas but it's some amazing stuff of people just being as creative as they as they can about christmas or the solstice or hanukkah or any sort of uh winter holiday as long as you're taking some strange and unusual approach to it and um, I do that every year now. So if you've got any writers listening, I'd love to have you participate next time. Uh, the one this year, it's closed, but it's it, it'll be coming out around the 20th of December. But the, the ones from the last couple of years are just, they're amazing. And, and you even win money prizes. <laughs> so I've got yeah, a, Patreon, right. a Patreon page and take donations and stuff like that. But most of the money goes towards prizes for the the short story contest. But um, that has become my absolute favorite thing to do, just to see the amazing creative stuff that people come up with for that. I mean, every year I'm turning away stories that I absolutely love, and uh, I feel bad that that I have to. But there's only so much time in a podcast, and that I can I can put on a show but yeah that's that's the best thing that truly of all the stuff that's fun that i do in the history and everything that's great but but the short stories that people write um and they're very short they're like max 350 words so we're talking flash fiction um mm-hmm. it's fun it's some great stuff
0: hey cool so go yeah. to weirdchristmas.com to find all of these it is uh, all their things that uh, craig's been talking about and, uh, you know, we've, we've taken taken an hour to do the first two, so we'll, we don't have to rush, but, uh, we'll kind of, uh, get on our sleigh and, uh, go sprightly through the second, uh, choices for each of you guys. So, uh, I believe now Craig is going to let us know his third choice.
2: All right. Third. I'll be quicker. I promise. So oh, this no, time it's, it's me uh, commenting on all the stuff. <laughs> well, this one's easier. Uh, poop, Christmas poop. Um, So especially in Spain and Catalan, there are a lot of actually poop-related traditions. Um, The first one is called the Caganer, and the Caganer is a very common thing in nativity scenes in northern Spain. And Northern Spain is mostly Catholic, but in the northern part, which is still, you know, somewhat Moorish, somewhat gypsy, somewhat, you know, a mix of all different kinds of things in the Catalonian regions, Um, the Kaganer is a figure that's very common in nativity scenes. Who's got his pants down around his ankles and he's taking a poop. And this is just a normal part of nativity scenes in that part. And you can buy uh, the Kaganers for your nativity from all sorts. It's a huge, uh, sort of statement thing that people do. Like it's, politics. Like there's tons of Obama or Hillary or Trump or Biden or Romney or whatever guys pooping. So that can be your Kagener that year, or it can be local politicians, or it can be pop culture figures. But if you look up Kaganer and any name that you can imagine, you will find an addition to your nativity scene that no one else will quite understand. Wow. <laughs> so, so that's one, wow. um, but that's not the only thing. So there's also... It's called the poop log, um, and it, <laughs> it has different names, and it's not that kind of poop log. It's actually a wooden log, um, and it's called different things, like the Tio de Donal, um is one name for it, but what it is, is it's a hollowed out log that's usually, uh, on one side, it'll have a little face, and it'll wear like a little red cloak behind it, and it's a bit like a pinata they fill it up with candy and then oh, on Christmas. Candy. Okay, good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> on, you fill it up with candy. And then the whole idea is that on Christmas day, you get to empty it out and eat all the candy that's in there. But before you do that, there's a very traditional song that the translation is basically poop, log, poop, poop, log, poop. And then there's a whole bunch of other verses that go through it. Um, but yeah, it's the pooping log is where kids in that part of spain will get their candy so um yeah so something about that part of spain has a whole lot of christmas proof traditions wow yeah
0: wow the first one the kaganer kind of
2: sounds similar
0: to the calvin pissing on ford icon or or (laughs) yeah
2: you know what i've always thought of it as is that you know they got you know way back in in history they were forced to convert you know that that part of the country was forced to convert to Christianity and i've always seen it as kind of the the idea of like yeah okay you know we'll we'll accept your religion but every year we're still going to take a big steaming mm-hmm. crap on your god right you know it's like at least there's there's that yeah. little bit of resistance going on every every time but the poop bog that one i have no idea where it came from
1: the poop log sounds like something that John Crickfaluzzi would have come up with <laughs> on Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> wow!
0: Oh yeah, like powdered toast or something. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. Okay. Wow, that's that's really cool. Um, is there more poop stuff or just those two things?
2: Those are the two that I know of, but I'm always expecting to find more. The number two. <laughs> when yeah. you
0: when you count your poops, you don't go past two. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, Richard or Michael, what's your third?
3: Um, our third choice is. It's nothing specific. It is just that feeling when you go over to someone's uh, – some, a new family or a new friend's house to spend Christmas, and they all have their individual ways in which they do the same basic things. It's like an individual – it's the experience of experiencing someone's Christmas traditions, and you're like, I recognize all this, but I don't understand it necessarily Ah, it's it's like going to someone's house and you're playing under their monopoly house rules yeah you know exactly what's going on you're like okay so so you guys you you open up the uh you do your stockings before christmas day okay Mm -hmm. christmas night with the stockings okay i i get sure and you just kind of have to roll with it and you bake cookies every Every Christmas day you bake them huh <laughs> that day huh you open up one gift at night before or or all of them before i mm-hmm. i think that there is there's a very interesting thing with christmas is that it's so shared but each family treats it so differently and sometimes it's just the tradition like an individual family's like traditional christmas is onto themselves like When, you know, in the pre-COVID times, when we saw people (laughs) for Christmas, like, at the end of the night, we just played Trivial Pursuit. And it was just something that we did every Christmas. I don't know when it started. I don't know how long it's been going on. It's just the thing that you're just waiting for, like, pie to come out and coffee to come out. And it's like, all right, time to play Trivial Pursuit. Mm -hmm. I don't expect any other families to do that, but it's just the thing that you – that you know is happening. And I think that Christmas just lends itself to have all of these um, shared items, but they're so done individually. And I think that's just super weird. It's just, you know, like Monopoly. Like, okay, so when you land on jail, you get all the money that's been put into the middle of the pot. You know, who made up who made <laughs> that rule? But then that's you would just accept the... it. <laughs> but then you just accept it. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, my two my two that 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 I had to deal with when I first started going over to Sarah's family's house, which is where we traditionally spend Christmas, is they do Christmas pajamas. So Christmas Eve you do a a pajama swap or a gift exchange, which I just found really weird because I don't I have like two pairs of pajamas that I rotate out of. Um, and the second one,
2: if it's like your, your kids or your family, but yeah, when it's other people you didn't grow up with to have to swap pajamas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very strange. And then the second one is that they open their presents one at a time. So like you panned it out and okay, it's Jenny's turn to open up a present. Then it's Sarah's Mm. turn. And in my family, it was just the kids woke up, woke the parents up. And then it was the five minute, like orgy a melee of yeah. opening things, yeah. Which I think my parents liked because they just wanted to get back to bed. Mm-hmm. And then there, it was done. You 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 five minutes in, you're done. You're playing with your toys. Yeah. And so I absolutely that's why I love I loved Michael's idea for this because going to a in law or whoever it happens to be, it's just very
3: discombobulating. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of it also being like, it's like you're in a, you're in prison and it's just like, that's not the way we do things here. <laughs> <laughs> it's always just like, like, um, some older family members, like you're new around here yeah and you have no idea. We don't do things. We don't do yeah. things like that that way. yeah uh,
0: That is fascinating because as, as a young person, I do you remember, just assuming that our Christmas was the way all Christmas was. And then realizing other people had different traditions and there's no announcement. It's not like you're going to get a, a an agenda for when you when you hang out with your family for their versions of uh, your extended family or whoever for their versions of the of the holidays. So you just kind of have to roll with it. Um, yeah. And it, it's so funny. Yeah, it's like the same thing, but it's just kind of mixed up a little. That's great. Uh, I
2: I was an only child. And so Christmas morning was always pretty short because it was just me. But I remember the first year at my wife's family's house, they would do they called them stocking stuffers. But it's basically everybody would get everybody like a whole bucket of little tiny, like teeny tiny dollar or two dollar gifts or, you know, bottle openers or whatever. Um, And then they had one or two gifts. But it was the same thing where everybody had to open them one at a time. And so it was like, well, we're going to be here for about two or three hours while everybody opens their bottle opener that the last two people also got, and we're all going to ooh and ah. And then I'm going to have to do it and act surprised. And we're going to move very slowly. <laughs> and yeah. It was, it was a, yeah, it was an experience. Yeah.
0: The- one bizarre thing i i don't remember i think i remember seeing it starting in the mid 80s or 90s is the double income no kids christmas day it's usually that the the couple jogging on christmas you know you're like you're driving from uh, one parent to another's or something like that and you see people out exercising on christmas day i remember yeah. as a kid kid singing going, what the hell is going on oh so bizarre all right um so uh, that takes us to uh, Craig's final choice.
2: Okay, my last one is my favorite Christmas movie. And unless you are a fan of Mystery Science Theater, you <laughs> probably don't know what this was. If you were a fan of Mystery Science Theater, you absolutely know what this was. But in 1959, there was a Mexican movie called Santa Claus that came out. And it breaks every rule you probably know about Santa Claus because it's Santa Claus does not live in the North Pole. He lives in a cloud and a castle in the sky. Uh, he spends most of the movie fighting the devil instead of doing whatever it is Santa Claus does otherwise. Um, and it's a surreal movie. It's all about sort of Santa and his group of little international kids who are watching a very small number of I think it's like four kids basically in Mexico who uh, seem to hold the the fate of Christmas in their hands of whether or not the poor little girl is going to steal a doll or whether or not these three little boys are going to be convinced by the devil to actually throw some rocks or not. Um, It's campy. It's strange, the guy who plays Santa is weird, the reindeer, or just everything about it is off. Like the reindeer aren't real reindeer. They're wind up reindeer who have this incredibly odd mechanical sort of routine that they go through when you have to watch them that lasts for far too long. Uh characters just sit there and laugh on screen for I don't know how long. It just it's a fever dream. It's absolutely a fever dream of a movie. Uh, but I love it. And I found out I've got a buddy who lives in Mexico City, he was raised in Mexico City. And um when we first started talking about Christmas the first time, I was like, oh, you have to see this thing. And to him, it was like, oh, oh, yeah, that's on every year. That's like on network TV. That's just a, one of the like Christmas specials. And it blew my mind because to me, everything about this movie is just horribly, horribly wrong. And to him, it was just part of the season um but yeah mystery science theater did it and then all the different offshoots of mystery science theater like like Rift tracks and cinematic titanic and everything there's there's all kinds of versions of the show but it is absolutely something you should hunt down um and experience
1: when you when when you first brought up mst3k of course i'm my immediate thought was santa claus and conquers, conquers the, the martians. martians yes yeah yep. uh-huh. that was the joel
2: version the the santa claus one was when in the mike era
1: yes so,
0: yeah wow that's a fun uh it's a fun choice and i really uh um you know i have to say uh craig one of the fun things about having guests come on is the uh obviously the new blood, the new energy, and the new point of view to share. Uh, One of the sad things is just seeing them clobber up on uh, Michael and Richard, because uh, (laughs) often they're brought in because they're (laughs) an expert and um, having such enthusiasm and a depth of uh, experience with the topic that uh, Richard and Michael are kind of like the little kid who's who's swinging at the bully, but the bully's arm has extended far enough and is holding the kid's head, so no punches (laughs) are landing, so...
3: We're, I'm not we're, gonna... we're, very, we're, we're very aware of this um, uh, abusive yeah. <laughs> relationship that we're in, but we're unwilling to get out of it. Yeah, okay. Mostly it's just the tradition of it, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so wow, some some really great choices. But uh, there is still time for Richard and Michael to uh, uh, send another salvo of holiday interesting uh, observation at us. What do you got?
1: Sure, here's a little bit of holiday cheer for you. Um, and this is something that I thought didn't exist until about about this holiday season last year which is the idea of someone buying a car for their spouse and (laughs) having it delivered to their house with a giant red bow on it who does this who does this yeah
2: (laughs) i've always wanted to know that too I yeah. always wanted to know like, do you have to buy the bow separately,
1: and how much does it cost no yeah. the um, the bow the bow is a, a an add-on by the dealership, oh. and I know this because my previous job that I worked at was for a large scale print man printing company, and over the holiday season, pretty much ninety percent of what they were doing over the the month leading up to Christmas. Was making these bows for different really? dealerships.
0: Is that right? Wow, so wow.
1: So apparently, this is a thing that actually happens. And yes, it's it's just something that's provided as sort of a incentive for you to gift a car to your to your husband or wife.
0: Mm-hmm. I I have only seen commercials where this happens. I've never yeah, I, heard right. of
1: it really happening. I just sure, assume I assumed I, I don't know anyone who's done this. But I, I I had assumed that it was the same thing. It was just something that capitalism is trying to force you to do that we're all smart enough to kind of figure out not to do. Mm-hmm. But apparently it's a thing. Wow. And I don't I, if if my wife if Sarah were to if I were to to wake up on Christmas morning and she'd go Hey look outside and there was a car with a bow on it I would be incredibly pissed. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I right? mean that's... yeah exactly. like you didn't you didn't buy the whole thing i've got payments right yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) you just bought me 36 months of payments Mm -hmm. on a car that i didn't get to test drive that i may or may not like
2: Mm -hmm. yeah why would you do that yeah and we're not all that family that what's the one where she like buys him a watch and he's like great and guess what i've got two things outside and they walk outside of this house that's obviously like some weird you know named architect design oh, this yeah. thing and something else and he buys the two things and yeah and it it's beyond unrealistic mm-hmm. yeah i i whatever i see yeah like i said i assumed it was um
0: just the auto industry kind of trying to push this thing but uh uh it i i, I feel bad i also feel like that whenever i see somebody giving somebody a kitten or a puppy
1: it's like like I yes. gotta, I gotta yes. take care of this thing for 20 years. <laughs> what <laughs> if I didn't want that? <laughs> yes, it's cute. But come on. Now, if your spouse has been saying, "Boy, I'd really like to have a dog," or "I'd really like to have a cat," yeah, okay, maybe I can see that. Yeah. Or if your spouse has said, "Boy, that new uh Mercedes S-Class is really, that's really good," mm-hmm, yeah, maybe I could see it. Yeah, but isn't there
2: one where like the parents have given like the only one I could believe is one where parents have like put a bow on top of their old station wagon and they're like giving it to their son or something like that one. I can believe like that seems like an excellent use of the bow.
1: Yeah, that seems like that. That's something my parents would have done. It's like, Mm -hmm, oh, you want an 86 Chrysler? There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I it wasn't my gag, but I did.
0: They do think a comedian did talk about just just buy the big bow and put it on the driveway and then bring your spouse out there or girlfriend and cover her eyes and then say, honey, take a look. Oh, my God, they stole it. <laughs> I had this beautiful car here and somebody stole it. And then you don't have to buy it. So. so, gentlemen, thank you so much for all your great suggestions for topics. Uh Michael and Richard. Boy, this was hey, you know. Valiant try, you guys, uh, really great job with your choices. Christmas music, uh, celebrating St. Nicholas's Day and Piet, um, other people's Christmases and how bizarre they can be, and the car with the bow and how ridiculous um, and conspicuously uh, spending that is. But I got to say, you've been trounced by the weird Christmas uh, maestro, Craig, um, and his so these are the choices that are going on the Mount Rushmore of weird Christmas, Christmas mushrooms, Christmas postcards and how bizarre they can be It's dead birds, especially poop in both forms that it comes. And then uh, Santa Claus, the uh, Mexican movie that is uh, a tradition there, but it's bizarre here.
1: Look, I've never been so happy to be beaten like a drum. <laughs> this was great. So, but you know, I I have devoted
2: more hours than my wife is happy with to Christmas history. So it it's a victory uh
1: it finally paid off. Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah, finally yeah. after all the, these uh,
2: years. The cost get, is, is felt in many parts
3: of my life. You'll <laughs> you'll get the uh, certificate in the mail in uh, <laughs> yeah uh, eight to twelve weeks.
0: Yes, yeah, the <laughs> crown, the gilded crown that you have to wear,
3: <laughs> and a um, pair of pajamas.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, so thank you so much, everyone listening. Uh, we enjoy uh, you listening throughout the year, but we hope you have some uh, time off during the holidays to sit down and obviously uh in in enjoy the holiday season with your family and whatever uh tradition you have but uh we appreciate you and value you and all that stuff and uh, you are our gift um so this has been the mount rushmore of weird christmas Uh, i as always am jeff
1: i'm richard i'm michael